Hello, this is Scott McCain, and thank you for uh, tuning in. we got a few things to talk about in terms of distinction, how you create it, how you deliver it, how you expand it, how you lead it in your organization. I truly believe that distinction is one of those points that's so important and so vital to the success of our organizations that it's one of the things we need to be viewing, and it's one of the things we need to be implementing. It's one of the things that we need to be educating people within our organization to aspire to. And so we're going to talk about a few things regarding distinction, how you can achieve it in the next few minutes. Thank you so much for listening in. I truly appreciate it. Please don't forget, by the way, before we get started on the topic, that if you would like to communicate with me, the email address is simply scott at scottmccain, S-C-O-T-T at S-C-O-T-T-M-C-K-A-I-N dot com. Uh, that's the email that comes directly to me. Also, at Scott McCain on Twitter. You can join our fan page on Facebook as well. And uh, there's a lot of different ways you can communicate, obviously, through the blog, McCainViewpoint.com. And our daily idea on distinction, which, boy, this blog has really taken off. I mean, it's just incredible to me how we're adding subscribers every day, how many people are hitting the blog. It's just absolutely been amazing. And it's Project Distinct. Project Distinct. And as was pointed out to us as well, it could also be projectdistinct.com. So check that out. Every day there's a new idea on how you can create distinction. We'll be talking about some of the ideas that's been on the uh, blog during the time we have here together uh, for a little bit today. And once again, I, I truly appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule to listen to some of these ideas. Uh, one of the questions I get asked constantly is, aren't differentiation and distinction really different words describing the same thing? What is the difference between differentiation and distinction? And whenever I'm asked if they're the same, the emphatic answer I always give is no, absolutely not. They're not the same. Now, describing it becomes a little bit more difficult. I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I always had trouble with those logic questions. You know, if a train is leaving the station at this time and another train leaving the station another time, what time do they pass? Yeah, all of that always gave me all kinds of trouble. Uh, when I was studying that in high school and college. But it, it's a statement something like that that I have to use to really get the point across. So l let me try this, and then we'll work on it for just a little bit to make certain that it's, it's explained properly to you. You ready? Just because you're different doesn't mean you're distinct. However, if you're distinct, you have to be different. Here's another way to put it. All distinctive organizations and individuals are differentiated, but not all that are differentiated or distinct. Now, how can that possibly be? Well, think about it. All distinctive organizations and individuals are differentiated. In other words, to become distinctive, it's required that you're going to have some points of differentiation from your competition in the marketplace. It's a critical element. If, if you're exactly the same as your competitor, then there's no way that customers or even prospective employees can determine what makes you different. So there's got to be some points of differentiation in order to create distinction, you absolutely cannot be the same as your competition. But it doesn't mean that just because you're differentiated means you're distinctive. In other words, there, there might be something that's different about you, but if that point of differentiation is not compelling enough that it really drives attention, it, it drives fascination, it, it, it drives the things that customers seek, if it's not compelling enough, then you're not going to be considered distinctive. Here's an example I used on the blog post. I think sports is often an overused analogy, but it, perhaps this makes the point. Jeremy Lin, obviously, has been the, the source of a lot of attention uh, until he was recently injured with the New York Knicks. 
Here this guy comes off the bench, and all of a sudden he's scoring lots of points. He's hitting game-winning shots. He's driving them to win many consecutive games. How does that describe it? Well, this. Jeremy Lin was always differentiated from other players in the NBA. He's the only Asian-American in the league. Now, that was a point of differentiation. It's what made Jeremy Lin different. But until he got in and played the game and was presented this opportunity and responded with extraordinary results, he was just different. He wasn't distinctive because it wasn't until he was you know, making the baskets, winning the games, and leading them to consecutive victories, and his story was riveting and mesmerizing for the public, particularly those in, in New York City, all of a sudden, now because of his results, now because of what was happening that was compelling, he rose to the level of being distinctive. And if you stop and think about it, he's going to be awarded with a contract worth many, many millions of dollars for his performance. So in short, if you want to become distinctive, you've got to be differentiated. So one of the first places that you need to look to make a difference in the marketplace is being different than your competition. But you also have to ensure that what makes you different is so compelling to your customers and to your colleagues that it plays a major role in lifting you to that higher level of true distinction. To do something different than your competition may or may not inspire a compelling differentiation in the marketplace that raises you to the level of distinction. But, for example, when Enterprise Rental Car brings the car to you instead of making you come to get the car, even though the car is the same, the Ford that they ran is the same as the Ford that you would get from Hertz. That is a point of differentiation. It's so compelling. You know, you bring it to me. I don't have to go get it. It's so compelling that now it creates distinction in the marketplace. And how do you get to that point? Well, you know, part of it is you you start thinking like your customers. <laughs> on the flight on on the way out, I, I've just returned from a, uh, a meeting in Austin, Texas, and I'm back here in the studio in Indianapolis, but. On a flight on the way out, you know, I, I get to the Indianapolis airport, and it's a very, very early flight. I'm running a little bit late, and because I'm running late, I decide I'm going to pull up to valet parking to, to get me right there at the terminal, like speed my way to the gate. But valet parking ended up taking just a little bit longer because the person running the parking stand was evidently so engaged in his newspaper and reading it in the morning that he didn't even notice that I'd pulled my car up right in front of him. So a little bit discouraged that it had taken so long, I'm making the move and heading back to the gate. And as most frequent flyers do, I've got my fingers crossed I'm going to make the upgrade and get bumped up into first class. And so I dash back to the gate, and they're just getting ready to board the plane as I finally make it back there. And I ask the agent if first class had already checked in full. And without even looking up or asking if there's any way that she could help, still staring down at the monitor, not even acknowledging my presence, she just went, yep. There's a great customer-centric term in it. Yup, Y-U-P. Yup, she replied without looking up. And you know, I, I don't think for a second that I'm any big deal that deserves to fly up front or to have somebody park my car. But, you know, I, I fly so many miles, it puts me in the running to get the upgrade. And if I'm running late at 5 in the morning and I've got to spend a few extra bucks to make sure I can get a quicker place to park, even though I don't think I'm any big deal, I do think I have a right to receive the simple courtesy of service. You do too. Don't all of us that spend money with any organization have a right to at least expect the simple courtesy of service? Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe that either of those two people working that morning at the Indianapolis airport would have wanted to be treated that way if they were the customer? 
Hey, you and I know, of course not. Part of what makes a professional distinctive is the ability to think not only as a valued colleague on the organization's team, but it's your ability to also think like the customer, whether that customer is internal or external within your organization. Distinctive professionals at all levels have the ability to think like the customer. That thinking like the customer makes a critical, critical difference in the way that you serve that customer. It's a fundamental part of what we must do to create distinction in the marketplace. Now, before too long, and please you know, keep watching here at this channel, and I'll be posting some information, or I'll be posting it as well on my website and on Twitter and, and everything else of times that I'm going to be live so that you can call in. would love to have you call in. would love to have you uh, uh, ask your questions about how to create distinction, how to deliver the ultimate customer experience. That would be absolutely terrific. would really appreciate it if you would call in. So if, if you keep an eye out on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on, on my website, I'll be promoting those times when I will be uh, here live so that you'll have the chance to give me a call and uh, we, can, we can talk about your specific situations. Uh, one of the things I blogged about not too long ago was which was preferable, prestigious or profitable. Uh, I, I noticed where, uh, according to Forbes magazine, Movado has closed all of its very chic boutiques around the world, with the exception of the one at New York's Rockefeller Center. Now, according to Forbes, part of the reason they did this was to focus instead on connecting with customers through their brands. They were willing to trade prestige for profit. The company's bottom line has gone from being red and troubled to being black as the watches for which it's known. In other words, by instead of concentrating on elite shops visited by the rich, Movado instead centered its strategy on brands that had emotional impact and resonance with a broad base of customers. Not only did they focus on the own, their own brand and the watches that they made, they also licensed and produced watches under the names of Coach, Hugo Boss, Juicy Couture, Lacoste, Tommy Hilfiger, Concord, Ebel, and ESQ by Movado. The result, according to their president and chief operating officer, is that all of those brands then experienced strong growth. And in fact, their Chinese market grew by more than 50% in the first half of last year. The question is, what does this mean for you? Well, there's no one formula for business success. We've talked about that extensively. There's no guru or one formula that absolutely gets it right every time. It, it, it's not simply about appealing to the upscale, or it's not simply about being a Walmart with the cheapest prices every day. It's really about the connections that you create with your customers. One of the points that I've made in every book and, and every presentation is simply this philosophy of mine, uh, inspired by my friend Bruce Johnston now of Oklahoma. And Bruce was the first one that introduced me to this, the fact that mindshare precedes market share. In other words, if I can get mindshare, if I can get you thinking about my products and services, if I can get you thinking about my distinction, if I, if I can get you thinking about me in the marketplace, then the likelihood dramatically increases that you're going to be spending money with me. Now, what happens is most of the time we focus on what do we need to do to increase market share? How do we sell more? But the fundamental question we'll be asking ourselves is how do we become so distinctive in the marketplace? that it dramatically enhances our mind share so the market share will follow. Mind share precedes market share, and my addition to that is that emotion precedes economics. So when we grab the customer emotionally, we'll also stimulate economic benefit from that. 
What did Movado do? By, well, by focusing on the front-of-mind brand names, like those previously mentioned, they created a market share that enabled it to be distinctively profitable. Even as younger generations are now tending to move away from watches and just tell the time from the mobile devices in their pocket. So a fundamental question for you, and part of the reason the distinction is so critical in today's marketplace is, how will my distinction help me drive the mind share necessary to achieve the market share that we all desire within our organizations? If you can't tell me why people would think differently about you than your competition, then my guess is the reason customers choose you is based upon price. That is the single most dangerous place to be in business today. See, I truly believe that organizations don't change. It's the people on the team of the organization who make change happen. You know, Apple, for example, to use the most obvious and the most overemployed example and distinction out there. Apple's perceived by the marketplace to be one of the, if not the, most distinctive company in the world. But if you really consider the issue, it wasn't Apple the company that became distinctive. Rather, their distinction was the result of the distinctive leadership of Steve Jobs and the distinctive design of Johnny Ive and so forth. So what happens is, if you want your organization to become more distinctive, if you want your department to become more distinctive, you have to be more distinctive. Note, too, that when you become more distinctive, it attracts other highly respected professionals to your department, to your division, to your company. It attracts them like a magnet, therefore exponentially compounding the distinction that you're able to generate. So the real genesis of distinction, of all the things we're talking about here, it lies not in the organization. Distinction lies within the individual. If you want your company to have more competitive space in the marketplace, you better get to work because you have to become more distinctive. This is Scott McCain. I'm really appreciative that you join me for this short uh, break talking about distinction, and I look forward to continuing the conversation with you and communicating with you and finding ways to help you attain a higher level of distinction in the near future. Thanks for listening.